Welcome to Victory Fellowship's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. So I want, I want to share with you for a few minutes this morning about total dependency. Total dependency on God. Not partial dependency. Not depending when I'm in trouble. Not looking to Him as a second. When, not, when all else fails, look to God. Total dependency. Everyone say total dependency. You know, when, when in that, and you, can, you can only see yourself in that position, in that condition, by revelation. And it's, it's, a great, it's a great gift from God. When you see yourself, when you see your incredible weakness and at the same time see his unlimited strength, it's a great blessing. It's quite humbling. It brings you down low, but it puts you in a position for the supernatural to happen in your life. Absolute dependency. I want to read a, a scripture out of 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I love this passage where Paul said, he says, that no flesh, and that was, of course, his word for humans, that no humans, that no man, that no woman, nobody, no matter how talented, no matter what their accomplishments are, no matter how many spiritual mountains they've climbed or, or how many people they've won to Christ or how big their church is, that no flesh, that no human. No successful businessman or no successful business one or, or no successful athletes would be able to glory in his presence. That no one could glory in his presence. But of him are you in Christ Jesus. Paul's telling the church in, 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 in Corinth, you know, who, how did you get saved anyway? It wasn't, it wasn't your idea. And Paul's not, he's preaching about himself. You know, it wasn't my idea to get saved. I was trying to to destroy the church. I was arrested by God on the Isle of Patmos. It was his doing that I'm in Christ. It was his idea. It was his work. We got saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. You were born again by God's intervention in your life. I was doing my best to ruin everything. I was doing my best to fall into hell. And he arrested me. And he stopped me. And he saved me. By grace, I've been saved. He says, who became, who Christ became for us? Wisdom from God. Now he's going Paul, Paul's going to preach. He says, he's become to us wisdom from God. He's become to us righteousness. He's become to us sanctification. And he's become to us redemption. Actually, Paul was given an, an incredible, incredible outline for a sermon that can last for the rest of your life. You can preach, if, you, if God's called you to preach, you can preach this sermon every time you step behind a pulpit. Every time God gives you an audience, you can preach this, that Christ has become to me wisdom. He's become to me righteousness. He's become to me sanctification. And he's become to me redemption. And I, I want to share a little bit with you about, about some of this this morning. Salvation, righteousness, salvation and righteousness. You know, this, this salvation that we have, that you and I have experienced, that I experienced as a young man in 1973, it, it, it's a huge, huge, huge miracle. It's a life-changing miracle. It's an, an eternal life-changing miracle. And it happens, I, I wrote on my, on my notes in big bold letters on my notes, salvation is a combination of the effect of the grace of God and the power of God. It's the effect. Salvation, I mean real salvation, saved so much that people notice that you're a different person. I mean really, really born again. 
changed into a different kind of person, a different kind of creature. If you're, if you're saved, if you're born again, if you've left behind the other way of life, it's because of the grace of God and the power of God. By grace, this is what I'm talking about in 2 Corinthians 5.21. This is a powerful scripture about the grace of God. The Father, for He, the Father, made Him Christ. The Father made Christ who knew no sin to be sin for us. This is, this is a mouthful. That we might become the righteousness of God in Him. There was a man 2,000 years ago, the only man, the only human that's ever lived, that lived a perfect, sinless life. He never sinned. He never sinned in his actions, never sinned in his thoughts. He was the perfect human specimen without sin. Every one of us have sinned. We started sinning when we were little babies. We sinned when we were toddlers. We were sinning when we were children. We were sinning when we were teenagers. We were bound in sin because sin was our nature. But there was one sinless human being that came to this earth, not for his sake, but, but to represent me, to take my place. The only pure, sinless offering for sin. The only one qualified to represent me is my sacrifice before the Father came to this earth and he suffered and he died in my place. You know, the death of Jesus Christ was brutal. It was horrendous. The beating he took at the hand of the Roman soldiers was beyond what we can even consider in our mind. If you've seen the, any of the movies, if you've seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ, there was an incredible rendition in that movie of the whipping and the brutal beating that Christ took on my behalf. Well, it happens. You know, some people say they could, can't look at that scene. We need to look at it. We're supposed to look at it. We're supposed to look at what Christ did for us. When that movie came out, I sat in the movie theater and watched it five times. And every time it devastated me as I watched the beating that Christ took in my place. Why is it, why is it so horrific and why is it so visual? Because God wants to affect us deep, deeply. He wants our emotions to be affected. He wants our mind to be affected by the love of God dem demonstrated for us in the death of Jesus Christ. When I see it for myself, Oh, the amazing grace of God came over my soul when I realized for the first time in 1973 that he was beaten in my place. He was nailed to a cross in my place. He was buried in a grave in my place. He was raised from the dead in my place. When I saw it, when I saw it for myself and it became real to me by grace, I was saved through faith, and that not of myself. It was the gift of God. Something like scales came off my eyes, and I saw it for the first time, and I tasted it, and it became real to me. By grace, I've been saved. Also, in Ephesians chapter 1, 19, it talks about the power of God involved in salvation. You know, all of us were, were bound in our, in our flesh, and in our soul with the sinful pleasures of this world. It was like a snare that had, that had wrapped itself around us. All different types of, of sin had bound us. And we were, we, were, we were helpless. And we had no way to save ourselves. 
I couldn't die for myself and I couldn't break the chains of bondage that were on my life by myself. I was totally dependent on God for his grace and totally dependent on God for his power to break those chains. And Paul said it like this in Ephesians 1.19. He says, he's praying that the eyes of our heart would be opened, that we could see what is the exceeding greatness. Everyone say exceeding greatness. The exceeding greatness. Say it again. Say it louder. Say it again. What is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us, toward me, who believe? according to the working of his mighty power. So the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that exploded and created the universe in an instant of time, that same power began to affect my body, began to affect my soul, began to affect my mind, and broke the chains of bondage and slavery to sin that had wrapped its tentacles around my life. And I was set free by the power of God. Oh, I was, I, I was in a helpless, hopeless condition, but he rescued me. I'm dependent on God for his grace. I'm dependent on God for his power. I'm leaning upon his arm to keep me walking in this salvation, this experience. Day by day, total dependency. I love the sound of that. I love the feeling of being dependent on God. Oh, it's not my, it's not a, it's not a, a, a my place of weakness. It's my place of strength. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. His power is working in me to keep my other life from gaining control and strength in my life. I'm totally dependent on God for sanctification. Oh, this is an archaic word for some, but it's a Bible word. It's a powerful word. It's an important word. Sanctification literally means to be set apart under God to be holy. Impossible, impossible, impossible. Why is it so impossible? Because our hearts, our hearts are are longing after the things of this world, the pleasures of this world have made us promises and our hearts long for those, the things of this world. You know, so it's only by by the power of God and by delighting in God. I want you to listen carefully to me. If you want to be free, finally free and happy about it from compromise. There's some people sitting in here today that that you're ashamed of some of the dark deeds that no one else knows about but you. And you're ashamed of them because it's not what you want to be like. There is a way to be finally free and to be happy about it. Not to miss the old things. You know, the last thing on my mind today is going out and getting a six-pack. The last thing on my mind. It's not the slightest temptation anymore. It's not a temptation for me to go out and and buy a bag of weeds or to go find another wife, another woman. It's not a temptation for me. I've, I've found completion in Christ. It's not, and it's, it's a continuous, it's a continuous, it's not something I have to try real hard to do and to deny myself and live a sacrificial life. No, it's not a sacrificial life. It's a life of pursuing pleasure with all my heart and all my life. Let me read two scriptures to you. Peter said that he was delivered by the power of God. Now Peter was a, we know Peter, before he was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was a coward. He was scared of the servant girl. 
He denied that he even knew Christ. He was ashamed. He wanted to. He had a, a boldness in his life. He wanted to die for Christ and live for Christ. But, but when push came to shove, he denied that he ever knew him. But something changed in Peter. Something changed. What changed Peter on the day of Pentecost? What changed Peter from a lamb into a lion? It was the power of the Holy Ghost. Power came into him. Supernatural power got inside of him. Tongues of fire on his head. A rushing mighty wind. This is how Peter said it. He said, I was elect or chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification or by sanctification of the Spirit. I was sanctified. I was set apart. I was made holy by the Spirit. Now for Peter to say I was made holy by the Spirit, what is he talking about? He's talking about Pentecost. He's talking about the power of the Spirit coming upon him, speaking in other tongues, being overwhelmed with the glory, filled with this unseen power inside of him that gave him courage no matter what the ramifications would be. Courage from on high. His life was changed. He was totally, everyone say it, totally dependent on God. Totally dependent on God. Now here's, here's the way John describes I love this. This, this is life-changing for me. John chapter 4, a classic story. I, I, I love this story. If I was going to do a story about the, about the life of Jesus, I would definitely include this story. It's, it wasn't included in, in a lot of the movies, but I would include this story. It's about the woman at the well in Samaria. Actually, this story of the woman at the well in Samaria is my story. I, I can say I am the woman at the well in Samaria. Now, I'm very, I'm very confident in my manhood. I'm not a transvestite. I'm not a homosexual. I'm not transgender. I'm a man. Amen. Man, it's okay to say those words. You don't have to get nervous. I am confident in my manhood, but this woman is who I was. I was looking for satisfaction in this world, drinking from the wells of this world. Jesus engaged this woman in a conversation. He was talking to her about spiritual things, and, and she, was, she had separated the compartments of her life. This was her spiritual life, and she believed all the right things, and she said all the right stuff and sang the right songs, but, but over here was her, her normal life, the life that she tried to get her satisfaction from. There were, there were two separate lives for her. Jesus was trying to combine the lives. These were two separate lives. She was trying to get her, she had bought into the story. There's all kinds of stories you can buy into, but she had bought into the story. If I can only find Mr. Right, then I'm going to be happy the rest of my life. Oh, I'm going to find her. She's going to make me happy the rest of my life. Or I'm going to find him. I'm going to find Mr. Right. He's going to make me happy the rest of my life. Well, the problem, number one, he was, he, was, he was a lazy slob, and she got rid of him. And the second one, he was a womanizer. Oh, the third one, he was a drunk. The fourth one, you never knew where he was going to be. He was always out hunting and fishing all the time. The fifth one, just, he just disappeared one day. Now she decided not to get married anymore. I mean, that was her story. She had five husbands. Doesn't say if she killed them or ran them off, but they were all gone. And she decided, well, I'm not even going to make it. I'm, not, I'm just going to shack up with number six. I'm not going to even bother. 
Don't shout me down when I'm, I'm talking to some of you out there today. She was looking for the right man. He doesn't exist. He's not out there. there he, he's not out there anywhere. You'll never find him. You'll never find her. She doesn't exist. He doesn't exist. You'll never find the right booze. You'll never find the right weed. You'll never find the right accomplishment in business. You'll never climb the highest mountain athletically. It doesn't exist. He told her in John 4, she said, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. He said, you don't even know who I am. You don't even know about the gift of God. But if you did, you'd ask me and I'd give you living water. And he said in verse 13 and 14, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water, this water, the water of this life, whoever tries to satisfy his hunger and his thirst with another husband, another wife, another drink, another accomplishment, you'll, you'll be thirsty all the days of your life. You'll never be satisfied. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus is talking about ultimate happiness and satisfaction. Oh no, Christianity doesn't forbid happiness. It demands it. It demands that we pursue pleasure, not, not in a slight way, but with all our passion, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all that's within us to pursue joy and pleasure. The only, the only condition is we have to drink from the right well. We have to look to, this, so you know, this, say, he put his finger on it, and this is the problem. Some people don't believe that that well exists. You don't know about the gift of God. You think it's just a doctrine. And you don't know, and, the, and secondly, you don't really know who he is. He is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He is the great I am. He is Alpha and Omega. He's more than you can imagine. And if you, one touch, one glimpse, one, 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 one experience for a moment of time in his presence. When you touch the real, it touches something deep down inside of you. It touches the part of you that's hungry and thirsty for reality. And when you touch it, when you taste it, finally satisfied. And you can drink. What, what am I preaching about right now? Sanctification. Being set free. Jonathan Edwards called it fighting fire with fire. He said that the pleasures of this world put a fire in people's heart, but there's a greater fire, and we can only defeat the fire of pleasure, of the pleasures of this world with the pleasures of God. Pursue the pleasures of God. Find joy in God. Find joy in your church and your worship in the Bible. Find Christ. He is the source of joy in life, and he is the place of ultimate deliverance. This, what, what I'm telling you is how to be free from alcoholism. How to be free from substance abuse. How to be free from prescription drugs. How to be free from immorality and lust. How to be free from internet pornography. How to be free from uh, uh, ambition that's driving you into places you should never go. and Doing things you should never do. De ne neglecting and denying your family. I'm telling you how you can be finally and totally satisfied in God. Amen. I'm going to finish this. In Ephesians here, Ephesians chapter 1, totally dependent. Paul also talked about, about redemption. Everyone say redemption. Redemption means to be purchased. And we were, we were 
We're born in a state of slavery. Human race is in a state of slavery. Slaves. Slaves to the prince of darkness. Slaves to the prince of the power of the air. He's children. Paul called it children of wrath or children of disobedience. There is a, there is a, there's a, a, a control over humanity without Christ of the prince of the power of the air that's broken when we come to Christ. It's the power of redemption translated, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's beloved son. In Ephesians 1, 7, it's so simple. It says, in him, in Christ, in Christ, we have redemption. That means to be purchased from the state of slavery. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he bound toward us in all wisdom and in all prudence. This, this slavery manifests itself in the world in various ways. One of the ways that, that this slavery manifests itself is in physical sickness and disease. It's the fruit of the fall of man. God never intended man to be sick. God never intended for man to have cancer or HIV or diabetes. He never intended for us to have heart disease. He never intended for us to have liver failure or kidney failure or lung failure or, or, or any of the foul diseases that are attacking mankind. It was not God's plan. It's the result of the curse that's in the very earth, in the very world that we live in. The curse that's in mankind. But Christ Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. When Christ went to the cross, it says in Isaiah and, and confirmed in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, that he healed our diseases to show that he bore our pains and he bore our sufferings, he bore our sicknesses, and he bore our diseases in his body on the cross. And by his stripes, we were healed. By his wounds, we were healed. He died for the whole man, spirit, soul, and body. He died not only to give us eternal life, but he died to break the shackles of sickness and disease from off of your body. There's healing in the name of Jesus. If you're suffering physical sickness, we'll pray for you at the end of this service for physical healing. If you're, if you're suffering in your mind emotionally, we'll pray for you for the power of healing to take control of your mind. Healing for your body. Also part of that curse was, was this curse of poverty. When Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the garden began to bring up thorns and thistles. This earth began to produce this, this symbol of the curse. The thorny patch was a symbol of the curse that came upon creation itself. It's not the way it used to be. It wasn't the way God intended for it to be. Oh, and our Savior, our precious Savior, when those wicked men, they whipped him and they mocked him, they put a, a mocking crown on his head, a crown of thorns. But even in their disgusting behavior, God was preaching to us. This crown of thorns, his blood poured down his face, and the blood of Jesus was speaking to us better things than the blood of Abel. The blood of Jesus pouring down his face saying, I have redeemed you from this curse of poverty that's ravaged mankind. Broken, broken, broken for us. The curse is broken. We're, we're dependent, totally dependent on God for our provision. 
totally dependent on God for our healing, totally dependent on God for redemption for our bodies, totally dependent on God for provision. The curse is broken that the blessing of Abraham can come upon my life. How do we receive these things? By faith. By faith, I receive my salvation. By faith, I receive healing in my body. By faith, I receive his blessing on my finances. The blessings of God. And the last enemy that's defeated, I'll finish with this, is redemption. Redemption, the last enemy that's defeated is death itself. Oh yeah, death has lost its sting for a Christian. Oh yeah, someone told me last night that, they, that I could live for it to be 120 years old. And I said, no, no, don't, don't, don't speak that over me. I don't want to live to be 120 years old. I want to be in heaven when, when I'm... In 1950, in, in 2072, that's when I would be that age. I want to be in heaven. I'm, I'm planning on it. I mean, I'm really planning on it. It's a better place than there. I promise you, we all try our best to stay out of going there. It's the best. The, the worst case scenario suddenly turns into the best case scenario for a Christian. You know, you wonder when I was seeing John in that picture in the movie, and he was, he was in, the, in, the, on the, in the Isle of Patmos, and his, all of his friends were already dead, and you thought, well, oh, who got blessed? He's in exile by himself. Everybody else is shouting in the kingdom of God in heaven. Sometimes we get our thinking goofed up. But here's death. Hebrews 2.14. Inasmuch that as the children have partaken of flesh and blood. Talking about us. We've partaken of flesh and blood. He himself likewise shared in the same. You know, Paris mentioned this. You should go check it out. There was a discovery. Scientists made a discovery in the last couple of weeks about about these, these folds that are actually in the universe, and it proves one of Einstein's theories that, that the, the creation didn't, didn't happen over a period of time, but it happened in an instantaneous burst, which required everything to happen at multiplied times the speed of light, which was, was scientifically what they thought was impossible, but it happened. Let their, and it just happens. Millions and millions of light years out in space, creation happened instantaneously. Well, the beauty of all that, when we see it and we start gazing out into it with our, our technological advances and see the greatness of the hand of the creator, we think for just a moment, wow, this, this awesome creator, we can't even begin to wrap our head around what he's like to create all of this. But he became one of us. He became a human and walked amongst us. This God. This God. Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. He humbled himself and took on a human body. That through death, through his death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. I am totally dependent on God to make the transition from this life into the next life. I can't do it myself. I can't make the transition. I can't cross to the other side by myself. 
I, I, he's got to take me to the other sides. He's prepared a way for me. He's destroyed death. He's opened up a way for me to once and for all step over to the other side. And when my day comes, when my day that has no tomorrows comes into my life, he'll grab me by the hand and say, let's go. Come up here and be with me. And we'll step over to the other side. I can't go there myself. I can't go there myself. But he can take me there. I'm dependent on God. He's defeated death. He's defeated poverty. He's defeated sickness and disease. He's defeated sin. And by him, I have righteousness, sanctification, wisdom, and redemption. He is our all in all. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening. Check out our website at www.victoryfellowship.net for service times and for more information. 